0: And welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice Show, a podcast for counsellors and therapists. With me, Jane Travis, I'm an ex-counsellor that now helps other therapists to grow their practice and to attract more clients more easily. So let's get started. Hi and welcome back. And if this is your first time here, welcome aboard. Really hope you enjoy stay with us. And if this is your first visit, well, you've picked a really great episode to start because today I have a real treat for you because I've got Miranda Palmer with me and together we're going to be talking about maintaining a private practice during the current cost of living crisis. So who is Miranda Palmer? Now, if you don't know who she is, Miranda is, well, actually, she's joining me from over in the US where she's a licensed marriage and family therapist. And she's a little bit like me in that she loves helping therapists to bridge that gap between what it takes to be a great therapist who gets great clinical outcomes and what it takes to run a successful therapy practice. Now, she's helped thousands of therapists from around the world to make the mindset shifts that allow a more effortless application of the marketing strategies that grow a private practice that's not just financially sustainable, but it also gets great clinical outcomes. Now, Miranda and her business partner, Kelly Higdon, who's also a licensed therapist, together founded Me, which is a business that empowers private practice owners to serve at their highest and best, to improve clinical outcomes through their business planning and to break the statistic that mental health clinicians are the worst paid master's degree. Now, Kelly and Miranda provide coaching and training through their private practice community, the Business School Bootcamp for Therapists, and they provide educational webinars and they've helped thousands of clinicians from around the world. And I'll share all the contact details with you in the show notes so you can go and check them out. And they also have lots of free resources as well. So yeah, I was really honoured to have Miranda come and share some of her vast experience to talk to us about how to maintain a private practice during a cost of living crisis. So what do we talk about in this call? Well, we talk about the importance of fully recognizing and valuing what you do. We looked at the benefits of looking at the bigger picture within your practice, you know, understanding the numbers so that you can grow and maintain a business that's going to meet your needs. It's not just about the client. We also talked about managing any feelings of guilt and worrying that nobody can afford therapy. So if you feel like that, then hopefully you're going to get something out of this. And also the importance of trusting your intuition in order to keep yourself emotionally well so that you can avoid burnout. And we also discussed how starting and growing your private practice is the biggest self-development work you'll ever do and, you know, some of the, the benefits of that. So let's get in there. I think you're going to enjoy this one. Hello, Miranda. It is absolutely fantastic to have you here. Welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. We are lots and lots of therapists who are all trying to grow their private practice. So
1: it's wonderful having you here. And yeah, fantastic. Thanks for having me, Jane. It is such a delightful space that you create here. And I feel really welcome and I feel really honored to be here talking with you and your people.
0: Well, you are very welcome. Anyway, so what are we are going to talk about today? Well, we could talk about lots of things because we could easily get chatting. But one of the things that's around at the moment is the, oh, I really hate talking about it, actually. It's in the news all of the time. It's so depressing. The cost of living, the cost of living crisis, you know, prices are going up. Fuel prices are going up. Food prices are going up. Everything yeah. is going up. There's no letter. And then we hear about all these big businesses. That are making billions and billions of pounds. It's like, it's crazy. And it's horrible as a person, but it's also horrible for somebody who's running a private practice or anybody that's running a business, really. Yeah. It's worrying for lots and lots of different reasons. It's worrying because we worry that people aren't going to be able to afford therapy and therefore we're going to go under. We're worried that people are going to want to go fortnightly. We're worried that people are going to not want to pay us as much. And we worry that we're going to have to, I don't know, ask for more money. And it's a really, really complex situation, isn't it? This feeling that, that feeling insecure around it. So I don't know. What are your thoughts about the current situation? Yeah, I think,
1: you know, here's where I'd love to start. I started my private practice during the last Great Recession in the United States, right? And I started in a time when people were like, wait, you're going to leave your good paying job with benefits to go and do this private practice and you're going to be going out there and being self-employed. Like this is a really scary time to do that. Yeah. And I remember feeling like I understand that, and I felt really led that that's what I was supposed to do, and so I did it even though it was scary. And what was really and and it was a very easy thing for people to say. And I, I imagine there's a lot of people, their listeners, right now, going, "Do I just need to go get another job? Like, is running a business actually sustainable? Like, maybe I'd be better off working for this or working for the government or working for these nonprofits." And then I literally watched all these individuals end up with we call them do you guys have furlough days there furloughs yeah yeah we would have furlough days and layoffs and all these other things so it started to impact all of them while my business was actually going well and my income was going up at the same time Mm -hmm. during this recession so i share this all to say there's a lot that happens externally in the news that can be impactful to us making decisions about whether something's even worth our energy. And that isn't necessarily actually related to the reality of of our life and our business and our capabilities of growing. The reality is that more people today need mental health care than ever before. We actually, we have more therapists that are leaving the field than entering the, so the demand for therapy is actually higher with less people available and you're really valuable right now. And so before we get into like the the specifics of like the steps to take, can we just like breathe that in and say like together as like a, as a community, what we do is really valuable. What we do is really necessity. valuable. It's, it's an absolute necessity. It's not something artificial can artificial intelligence can do, Right. They can give them information, maybe. They can maybe give them like a checklist, but what you do is really much more powerful than that. Your ability to just really be present. Do you like? I, I, if you had this experience where you can literally like feel what's happening with your client, like you're exchange, you're having an energy exchange, you're giving them energy, they're giving you energy. Like there's more than just what is said and done in the therapy session, there is this like, meeting in this community and this like heart and like just sitting and creating safety for them like it's really powerful and there's nobody like there's not enough there's nobody else who can do it the way that you can do it and so I think even just sitting from that place and getting back into your why and into your heart is the very first step of being able to like keep your I don't want to say keep your blinders on because we're gonna I I think we could talk about like keeping your blinders on versus sticking your head in the sand, right? I'm not gonna ask you, and I actually very specifically recommend right now while there's things happening in the world, not sticking your head in the sand, but also like if we're just distracted by what's happening on the news and all these other things, we end up feeling like we're spinning around versus going, oh, am I meant to be doing this? Is this my work and my passion? What do I need to be able to do that? Step one step one. And if you can't connect in with that, it it won't matter what else happens, right? Absolutely. Thank you so much for reminding the listeners
0: that they're so important and they're so valuable and what they do is so valuable. Because I think so easy, it's so easy, isn't it, to lose sight of that. We sometimes lose sight of that and forget about the value of what we do. So thank you for that. Of
1: course. And I think the the second part, right, is that For most of us, as we get into this cost of living crisis, the truth is that most of us were having a cost of living crisis two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. Most of us have been in a scenario for a long time, whether we're working for other people or working for ourselves, where we have not felt expansive financially. We haven't felt like, oh, I have a great savings account. I paid off all of my creditors or my student loans or whatever your dynamic is. I'm living in a place where I can easily pay my rent and my mortgage. And if something goes wrong, I'm taken care of. We know that psychology is one of the worst paid master's degrees in the UK. I looked it up today. notes, <laughs> I was like, "What? what's happening with pay there? And she's like, I don't know. I know it. So, you know, it's one of the worst paid master's degrees. So even before this, right, for for most of us as counselors, we've we're in a scenario where when the cost of eggs triples, when gas doubles, when the rent goes up 30%, we didn't have any we we were barely making it before that happened, right? We were barely making it or maybe we weren't even making it. Maybe we were just going a little more into debt, into credit card debt every month feeling guilt or shame that like we weren't managing our money appropriately. When in reality, some of us have been living behind below the poverty line for a really long time. So I think that space of looking at the bigger picture and going, "Oh wow, look at look at all that I've been doing for really not enough income for a really long time," and that that well, that was a beautiful thing. That was an honor honorable thing, but it didn't give me the privilege right now. Well other costs are going up, I don't have the privilege of not making a change right now. I don't have the privilege of continuing to charge the same amount or accept the same insurance contracts. Because if I continue to do that, I'm going to have to close my doors. Yeah, I'm going to have to do something else. I'm going to have to get a second or a third job. I'm going to have to start another business with energy I don't have. Or I'm going to have to see 10 more clients and know that, if I'm being honest in my heart of hearts, if I see more clients, everybody's gonna get worse care because realistically, I only have so much to give. Like I only have so much to give. And so I have to honor that. It's sort of like, you know, if you have this much ice cream, you know, here's your container of ice cream for the week. No matter how you, how you shift it, there's only so much ice cream. If you have 50 people at the party, you have 20 people at the party, this is the amount of ice cream that's there Everyone gets a little less, or we cut the cake a little smaller, and we don't like to think about it. And I think we we consistently we just give ourselves less ice cream, we give ourselves less cake. But we've been doing that for so long, it's, we're we're past that point. We're past the point where we're we're emaciated, giving out cake and ice cream to people, and nobody's <laughs> having cake. No one having my cake. <laughs> 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 Get your hands off my cake. <laughs> So I I think there's a space, right, where we have to like kind of honor and go, oh, yeah. Like there's some shift and change that we need to make. And then, of course, that brings up the guilt, right? Everybody's (laughs) struggling right now. There is a cost of living crisis that's happening. So then I can convince myself that, well, I I can't make a change now. I can't raise my fee. I can't say no to that government contract or I can't say no to that insurance contract. When in reality, I can't not change, right? Like I can't I can't continue. I can't sustain what I've been doing. And so of course, then that brings up a lot of feelings. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. There's a lot of feelings there. There's a lot of feelings around fear, guilt, worry. If I rise, raise my price, is that going to put people off? But I, th- I think something that we, we forget is that the people that are going to come to private counseling have always needed to have an income. They've always needed to be able to afford it. So this isn't different in that respect, if that doesn't sound too harsh. But, you know, I'm not saying only people can afford counselling and go to counselling, but the bottom line is the only the people that can afford to go to private counselling are people that can afford it, sadly. I mean, I think everybody should be able to get counselling. Everybody should be able to get counselling for free, but that's not the way things are. You know, that's not the way things are. I don't know if you know Cat Love. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Lovely yeah, Cat love. they're amazing. And she, and they said, just because the system's broken doesn't mean that we have to fix
1: it. Yeah. And it, it's it the, just, and, it's a brilliant thing. And I think, and we talk about this, Kelly, my my partner, my business partner, to be clear, she's married. So we think that we're married. But my partner, she talks about this, like, you know, here's this gap in this chasm, right? And here, and that therapists are like, stretching out over the two mountains, like letting, like, walk over me. (laughs) Here's the piece of it. And they're literally like holding on, you know, like taking the weight, trying to hold up two mountains, you know, trying to bridge these gaps. And like, we just cannot, we, we can't, we physically can't. And I think especially after these last few years, I think it has been problematic for a long time we've had issues of burnout for decades in this profession and then you put into it going through this like worldwide global trauma concurrently with our clients while we started you know well again most therapists they expanded their caseloads during the pandemic a lot of them did start their boundaries started to get funky a lot of the people pleasers like when you look at the fight flight freeze or from the behaviors that people um, started popping in their private practice connected in with that, right? So a lot of people were really having a trauma response. So suddenly this people-pleasing the spawning of scheduling clients every hour of the day, not saying no, not billing their clients, like saying yes to clients that they knew were not appropriate, not setting appropriate boundaries in terms of frequency of treatment, or when someone was ready to terminate, like these things came up to the surface in such an impactful way Mm -hmm. and then you know therapists weren't realizing that it was a trauma response that this and this of course is leading to them feeling numb, depressed overwhelmed exhausted and feeling like i just don't even know about this profession anymore too
0: i mean i went through something like that in my business i'm not counseling anymore but i was have have, had half the membership and when lockdown happened, I just threw myself into it like to the nth degree. And I, and, and that's, that was the thing. It wasn't like alcohol that numbed me. It was work. I was work, work, work. And I was throwing myself into it, ended up with burnout.
1: And that's what we do sometimes, isn't it? So is that, do you think that's going to be happening now? I think it is happening right now. I think it's been happening for a long time. And I think that that this is part of the, of the basis of why we have to look at the financial pictures of our business and we need to look at all the aspects of this, right? And the cost of living or the finances is just one part of it. But we need to really look at, as we're looking at what needs to happen financially, we have to look at, well, what's the growth income that I really need to make to be able to be taken care of, to know that if something happened and then there was another pandemic or a shutdown or I wasn't able to, I wasn't allowed. I mean, this is the first time that I, as a business coach have been in perspective where somebody wasn't allowed to do their work, right? Like gyms and, and restaurants and all all these people, like they literally were like, your business is now illegal overnight. So to create a, an income that allows us to have some, some buffer, some options is really important. And to look at vacation to look at retirement, to look at sick time, to make sure that if there's an emergency and my laptop broke tomorrow, that I would be able to easily get it. And that wouldn't be something where I'd have to choose that I couldn't eat. And again, really looking at the taxes and our take home income. And currently, just to have the same quality of life, your take home income has to go up because our costs are going up. So you're, it's, it's this place of you're giving yourself a raise just not to take a loss, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's where it is. So we need to get really clear on what's happening financially. And I think a lot of us, again, we kind of were just like, oh, oh gosh, I don't really want to look at, this is an extra $100 here and $300 there and and this and that. And suddenly you realize like, that's an extra $15,000 a year and I barely made it work last year. And I still, I don't have any savings and I don't have any, I didn't take a vacation and all these things. Like, this isn't working. So we need to look at what that financial picture is. And then this is the really scary part. We need to look at how many clients a week in my current state can I see where the first client of the day and the last client of the day and the first client of the week and the last client of the week get the same energy and attention, right? And what happened before the pandemic or five years ago or 10 years ago, maybe... Somehow you you did feel like you could see 25 clients a week. Maybe it's 15, maybe it's 12, maybe it's eight. What does that look like? like? Maybe it's a lot less because you are in the space where you've been pushing yourself for so long that you really need some recovery because bubble baths are not doing it. Getting a pedicure is not doing it. Taking a vacation is not doing it because we've been living in this unsustainable cycle for so long. So we have to really look at, okay, how many clients can I really see per week? And then we need to look at the amount of weeks that we can work per year. Time for vacation, time for training, time for sick time, right? Time for rest. And those three numbers together, right? Here's the gross income that you really need for everything together. Here's the amount of clients you can see per week. And here's the weeks that per year. That is what informs your hourly rate. Yeah. Right? So rather than putting your head in
0: the sand and thinking, right, okay, I'll just keep peddling, keep peddling, keep peddling harder, stop, take a look around, check out your income, check out your expenditure, check out what you need and check out, have a, have a listen to your body and see, how am I feeling? You know, am I managing this or am I actually getting burnt out or depressed or stressed or, or whatever? And then from that, you can start thinking about, right, what is it that I need to do? Yeah.
1: And really get honest about what needs to happen financially. And so if, for example, let's say you've been, you know, I think, I think there's a space, right? You're in the cost of living crisis and you go, well, if I could just increase my rates by $10, like if I just increased by $10 about the board and I'm seeing 20 clients a week and that's 50 weeks a year, that would be an extra $10,000 of, of profit. That's enough that may not be enough. And it's a really frustrating thing if you haven't looked at the numbers to really get clear about what is happening. And so really diving into knowing what that number is. And I think one of the other pieces, which is really interesting, let's say you've been charging 120 euro, for example, right? That's been your, your fee. And you, you, the idea of charging 135 euro again it's across the living crisis it's going up like people can't afford they're already asking to come in once a month or fortnightly whatever whatever the dynamic is like that doesn't make sense to me so you're already feeling guilty about moving it from 120 to 135 and then you do the math and it comes back that it needs to be 150 you know what do you what do you do with that Yeah, yeah and i think what happens is when we can get real about that number sometimes it can actually Be, I think it can actually be helpful and freeing to do it as a number thing as opposed to an emotional thing. So instead of emotionally going, well, what do I think I could charge? What if I just charge a little bit more? What would that feel like to make it a business decision? Because it is, Mm -hmm. it is a business decision. And to let the math, like in our business school, we have like a calculator and people just answer a bunch of questions about their expenses and about what they need their take-home income to be or whatever. And they just answer the question and then literally says, well, here's what you need to charge then. This is the piece. And then they can like change the dynamics. And then it says, okay, if you change that thing, if you do a little bit of this or a little bit more of that, they can see in terms of their expenses, what that really makes sense. Sometimes we get into these places where we're trying to like, well, what if I, if I change my credit card processing and I could change like 0.5%, you know, what does that do? And then they realize like, that's, that's not gonna, gonna yeah. change anything. Those little but things when you just, yeah, sometimes they add up and sometimes it's not enough. Like mm. that doesn't make a lot of sense when, I mean, how many of, of your clients, I know a lot of my clients love to do sliding scale for people. They love to kind of, monkey around with what their actual fee is for people. And so what, what does that look like? If you have your fee is supposed to be, again, we like to use this, this math because it makes it just super easy. But if you're seeing about 20 clients a week, 50 weeks a year, which is probably too many clients too often we want you to take more, but just for easy math, every $10 on average that your, that your average fee goes down is $10,000 in profit. So if you say your fee is 135 euro, but in reality, after sliding for this person and this person is is gratis and well, this person hasn't paid you in six months for whatever the dynamic is, if what on average, what you're actually getting is a 100 euro per session, that's 30,000 euro per year. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money and it adds up more quickly than people realize. And so- and we just did this, this webinar where we had people actually fill out their <laughs> like their actual numbers of how, many, how often they were going over on session, how many minutes they're going on sessions, how many people they were not showing no-show rates for, not charging late cancellations and stuff. And it was weeks of unpaid labor per year, like five weeks on average for the therapist who filled it out, five weeks on average that they were working when they were not getting paid. Shocking, and isn't it? that's shocking. It's like $15,000 a wow. year and lost things just from no shows and like cancellations. Yeah. Right. So I think this, this bigger piece, right? When we talk about burnout, I'll, we could go to, we could take six months off and we could heal, quote unquote. But if we went back into the same dynamics that most of us have created within a month or three months or six months, our bodies would be like, uh-uh. yeah I'm not playing we can't heal ourselves and then go back into the same scenario that broke us in the first place and I think even in terms of like I think there's a certain place even as we are healed our bodies get angry like they get mad sooner they're like didn't you realize like didn't you hear me before you just brought me back into the same scenario like this isn't any better you yeah. just replicated it like it's not that I just need rest. It's not just that I can take a sabbatical and then I come back. I need to change the foundation, right? Like, I wrote this, go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say, it's like with clients, you know, with a client, you, you might have somebody who goes on antidepressants. They go on antidepressants and they start feeling a bit better. And then if they come off the antidepressants, but nothing else has changed, then you're right back at square one. You know, you've got to be doing something different. Sorry, you were saying what? something that you and Kelly have done.
1: Well, and even I I will stay with this for a second because I think this is really juicy. Even if they stayed on the antidepressant, but nothing in their scenario changed, what are the odds that over time their body symptomology went up and the antidepressants don't work as well? Mm -hmm. Like I've seen that probably happen more than anything else that they go, oh, this isn't working anymore because the body's having to speak louder and louder. The heart's having to speak louder and louder saying, I told you. This doesn't work. It doesn't feel good. Like, this doesn't work. And then bang yeah, banging on the glass. I, yeah, banging on the glass. And that's yep. Kelly and I wrote this book, Therapist Burnout. We just published it this last year, and it's been really a beautiful thing to line out here is what happens that creates this dynamic. And then, like, here's the systemic thing that we have to do, right? It's the systemic change. It's not just, I think, often in in our history, I remember people being like, oh, they burned out or they flamed out or, oh, they're on emotional leave. Like there was a lot of like kind of judgment or like it was a lot of like kind of nastiness from supervisors and things like that when those things happen. Like there was never a place of like, well, what's been happening in this scenario that like more and more people are leaving? They're quitting or they're going on emotional health leave and that they're in the space and there's never a, well, let's change the system. And in our business, a lot of people, we leave systems that you may have been burned out before you started private practice. That might be why you started a private practice. But then because we don't really understand the pieces of it, we can inadvertently replicate the same dynamics in our private practice. And so we're setting the same foundation. We're just doing it in a different way. And then we don't realize like, well, of course we're going to be burned out right? I mean, we if you have to start shifting.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're in like a, a an employed position or a corporate job and the way that they work is, you know, really, really, it's really hard work and you're praised for long hours and, you know, you're, you're kind of told off if you take time off and all of that. I guess it stands to reason that when you start in private practice, you think that to be successful, you've got to be hustling and hustling and getting out there and the harder you work, the better it's going to be. and that is just not the case. It, for everybody, but it's certainly not the case for counselors because the harder you work, the less you're going to be available for your clients and the less you're going to be available for you and your family and your own social life.
1: No, it's it's really it's really just it's such an important thing for us to take ownership of realizing that our intuition really knows what life should look like that our body really knows what life should look like and like what you're wanting and desiring it's not too much to ask for there's nothing wrong with you and it is going to be you creating something that looks and feels very different you're creating something just it's just brand new and i and i hope that like just like listening to podcasts like this like gives you that space to like tap in like what does your heart really say? Like, what are the emotions that come up when you think about your business or when you think about the ways that life has been going or your, your practice has been going? What are the sensations in your body? Like, what are the actual, like, physical sensations? Like, it took me a long time to realize that I tend to feel a lot of physical pain. It's emotional stuff that my body likes to transmute into physical things. It gives me sensation to say, hey, you're caring too much. This doesn't feel good, right? And then of course, like our intuition. There's this great little, I don't know if it's a mantra or something that I heard from somebody that has been really impactful to me, but it said our mind will always try to keep us safe. Our heart knows no depths. Like the amount of like emotional feeling that we can have, like it just goes on and on in a beautiful way, but sometimes a painful way. Our body always tells the truth. And our intuition is two steps ahead, right? That's so it's this amazing. Weird, yeah, yeah. And it's just such a beautiful, like, oh, what is my intuition trying to pull me from, pull me towards? Right. What is my mind trying to like say, oh no, we can't do that. That feels different and safe. What are the emotions that are coming up? And of course, this like, what is my body telling me? And for a lot of us, burnout happens in the body. And we and I think for therapists in particular. And I'm I'm one of them. We tend to experience the burnout. We experience it as autoimmune disorder before we experience burnout. We say, there's something wrong with my physiology. And we go in and we go, Oh, you got the Hashimoto's, you got the this, you got the Graves disease, you got celiac suddenly when you had it in your whole life. You know, all these different pieces start to pop up because our body's trying to give us information and data.
0: Yeah. I think, I, I think so often we don't listen to our int- intuition. We kind of try to override it. We try to let our brain override it. So our, our intuition and our body is saying something and we just go, no, of course I'm not tired. No, of course I can stay up and do a bit more. No, of course I can do that thing and do that thing and do that thing. And we sometimes just don't trust ourselves.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I think, I think it's a beautiful thing to realize Like, our mind is just trying to keep us safe. Like, that's it. And we need to have all parts of our body online. We need to have mind and body and heart and intuition all connected for us to really be living a full conscious life. And if one of those is offline or one of those is like leading the charge without everybody else connected, it's not going to be, it's not going to be sustainable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: i ask you another practical question. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not practical actually, but one of the things I know is very difficult is I think there's one thing saying, yes, I know I'm I'm worth charging more money. I know that I'm worth it. I have that value. I know that counseling is valuable. I I know all of that. But if I put my prices up, are people going to come? If I put my prices up for current clients, when they're struggling themselves does that make me a bad person you know have you got any
1: tips for dealing kind of yes. with that guilt yeah so I think the first part is realizing that number one you're invaluable you're invaluable as a human so this is nothing to do with value this is just based on resources this is just a a business and a resource decision It's not based on your value And it's not based on not loving your clients. Like, you know that you would do this for free if you could. If like you were taken care of and your clients were taken care of and everything, if, if you know, a Bill Gates just showed up tomorrow and said, you could just do this, you'd be like, awesome, done. I'm just gonna do it. Like, it would be fine. That's not the reality of it. So when we start to take that off the table and say, okay, this is just the reality of, of running the business. And then we start to look at, so what what does it mean if I don't do this? How is it gonna impact my client if I don't get what I need to be moving on? So that means I'm not getting consultation, I'm not getting training, I'm ignoring the burnout. I'm seeing more clients than I can see. I can't remember from session to session. My progress notes are or three weeks behind. You know, like whatever the I'm I'm freaked out because I have to find a new place to live or I'm behind on my mortgage or behind on my ranch or whatever the dynamic is or I've got six crazy roommates living in my house right now and, and I can't sleep at night. Whatever the dynamic is, how is that going to impact your clients long-term, right? We're not no talking about you're making a decision for a week or two. We're talking about like your ongoing business and is this really sustainable? And so when we look at that, we go, oh, it's actually not kind to my clients to create this outcome. It's it's unkind, so I have to be honest with them. I have to be honest. That's actually like a huge part of therapy. It's, I, and it's not that I have to be honest with saying, hey, financially, I've been floating this for a long time, or you know, I'm not putting my stuff on them. But if I'm in a pl- place where I'm starting to, I'm burnt out or I'm resentful, and I'm saying all the right things, but like physiologically, it's not connected. That's like what they live in their house all the time. This is what they brought from their family of origin. Mom's saying this, but she's feeling that. Now all this transference and counter-transference bullshit, like we're supposed to have a reparative environment, y'all. We're supposed to not be replicating all the bullshit from the end. So we're going to be honest and say, hey, here's the dynamic. And when they say, well, what if I just come in once a month? They Then we're going to hold the frame of saying, I hear you. And you actually need every week and here's why. So what's your budget for therapy and let me refer you out. Yes, that can feel really scary for sure. But the the aspect of you having a full practice is a marketing issue. It's not a pricing issue. If people were coming to you just based on price, there are people doing counseling for $5 a session. There are people doing counseling for free. They're coming to you because they're looking for a particular outcome. They're coming to you because they feel that you can really help them heal and solve their pain. And if we are holding to the value and we're really like, we're like fully present in that, we're going to be more likely to give people the clinical outcomes that they need. We're going to be checking in on is this working? What do we need to shift and change? I remember during the Great Recession having a couple call me <clears throat> to do couples counseling. And they're both out of work and they were trying to schedule. And I said, You can't afford this. You need to go over here. And they said, No, we've read your website. You're the person for us. We need to do this. I'm like, It's really expensive. Right. And I'm trying to talk them out of it. And they said, Look, we're living with our, you know, one of their parents right now. If we don't figure out our marriage, it's going to cost us more than anything that's here. We've already been to other counseling nonprofits. We believe this is important for us to invest in. We don't have rent. We're going to invest in our marriage. You're our person, right? Like I had to just own that and go, yeah, I'm their person and I'm going to dig in and I'm going to get out of the way of trying to decide how other people should invest their money Yeah, that is and realize what point. I do is, imp- is powerful, yeah
0: sometimes we get caught up in the fact that we think that people can't afford us. We know we don't know what people can afford. We don't know what their expenses are like. People sometimes want to pay for something because it represents them taking care of themselves. that That's a great story. That's a great story. I can remember when I went to counseling the first time. I had no money. I can remember at the time I was earning four hundred pounds a month, and my counseling was eighty pounds a month, and that was a huge amount. And I had to get a lodger in. I'm an introvert. I didn't want a lodger. I had to pay for it. And I paid for it because getting me helping myself was so important. And that's what we sometimes forget with clients. They are ready to take that step because it's so important to them to to feel better, to get a better life, to feel more fulfilled, whatever it is that they want. And they're prepared yeah. to pay for it because it's so important and they know the value of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, no, I mean, there's, and that's not the only story there's, that I mean, with our clients, there's thousands of stories like that, but I think that space of understanding this is the cost of doing business, let's really connect here. And I have lots of stories of counselors, of therapists that are in our our business school thing, and they'd be like, I raised my fees and now no one's calling. <clears throat> and my first question was always, did you put it on your website yet? No. Well, then how could your rate and fee have anything to do with whether they're calling you. Like the amount of times that they are like, oh yeah, wait, oh, that's me. I'm scared of marketing myself because I'm turning this into a value issue because I've actually told myself already that no one will pay this fee. I'm already created this outcome and now I'm doing behaviors, not marketing, to reinforce this outcome, Mm -hmm. right? I'm keeping myself safe from having change versus, well, what does it really mean to make a shift and a change? I don't know about you, but
0: I've got loads of anecdotal, anecdotal evidence of people when they put the price up, they get far more clients. You yes. know, the number of co- people contacting them really yes. goes
1: up and they're it, like, can't believe it can, this. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fascinating. It's, mm. it, there's a lot energetically that happens in all the different ways. But I think the biggest thing that I could say is when you are doing your starting your practice or growing your practice, it is the biggest self-development work you'll ever do. All the stuff that you've been working on in your personal therapy for years or decades about not feeling good enough, about wondering if you're, am I really of value? Do people really love me? All of that stuff, you know, I struggle with setting boundaries. You, It's going to get pulled to the surface and it's actually really beautiful. It's you know, back in, the, right back in the old days, right? It's grist for the mill, right? Do you remember? I don't know if that's big in, in counseling programs in the UK, but there it was like, Oh, that's grist for the mill. Like let it come up so that we can like work it through. You know, like that's the piece of it. Like let it come up, let it come to the surface. As long as we don't dive in and kind of like, again, stick our head in the sand and we can allow it to come up and out. It's a beautiful way for us to work through it. And when you work through those value issues, those worth issues, those boundary setting issues in your business, guess what? It starts to happen in your romantic relationships and your friendships with your children, with your parents. Like this isn't just as valuable as a way for you to do your work as going in and talking to therapists. And in fact, if you've been in counseling for a long time and you're kind of spinning your wheels in terms to this work and you feel like you haven't made progress maybe diving in your business would be a way for you to actually make some significant growth growth work you know maybe business coaching with jane or you know whatever the thing is maybe you will find that like oh wait this is another way in to do the work
0: yeah I i couldn't agree more i think that one of the fantastic things about running your own business is that you can do so much personal development work you know how you do business is how you do life and, you know, if if exactly like you say, what you're going to be learning about yourself in business transfers out to all the rest of your life. And it is just so it's just so valuable. I think it's fantastic. Miranda, thank you so much for coming. So if we just think about what you've talked about, you've talked about about do not forget how valuable, how valuable you are, how invaluable you are, how important you are in what you do and just for being there anyway, I think as well. The cost of living crisis isn't new. We've never got enough money, have we? We've never got enough money. We're always hard up and we always want more money. So the fact that we're in a state where that's the state now, isn't it? We haven't got enough money. It's not that different to how we've lived our lives so far. So it's not actually that different, but it's a chance for you to to stop and check out what is going on for you. How's your how's your business? What's your business looking like? Are you earning enough? Are you giving yourself enough time? Are you looking after yourself? You know, are you earning enough? Are you being too people pleaser e, if that's a word, too people pleaser And just to sort of <laughs> peep, peep your head out above the parap- parapet and just have a look and say, right, you know, what is happening? So this can, if you let it be, a really good, Chance to just stop and take stock, and then from that have a look with just a business mindset rather than an emotional mindset to be able to say, right, I need to earn X amount of money, and I need to only work X amount of hours. You know, it's not always about I need more money than I need more clients. Sometimes it's about I need to earn more money, but I can't see more clients, so I need to put my prices up and keep doing the work on yourself think about your own money minds think about your own self-care think about your own burnout and prioritize yourself and listen to your intuition You covered quite a lot there didn't you (laughs) well done we did it was a juicy conversation it was well it (laughs) always no it's fantastic now Miranda just before we finish I wonder if you could just tell us where's the best place for people to find you now i am going to put all of the links so after this i'll put all the links in the show notes there'll be the links but do you just want to tell us you know how people can find you and
1: and just remind us what your book's called yeah so zinnyme.com, z-y-n-n-y-m-e.com it's z in my world i know i knew what you were doing there i knew you were hesitating (laughs) you 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 could i was being care i was being what is that called uh in my head like Okay, I need to say this so I do it the right way because it feels weird inside um, of I my. I could see it tripping out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's so silly. So our our book, which is available on on Amazon, is "Therapist Burnout: Your Guide to Recovery and a Joyful, Sustainable Private Practice." Fantastic! And I have Thank to you... actually look it up to make sure I say the the name the right. <laughs> 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 and what's your podcast? Uh, our podcast—we actually have two. We have a oh, starting accounting practice. <laughs> I know. Can you believe it? We have a starting accounting practice stories, which is therapists from around the world share their stories of starting and growing solo and group practices. And then we have one, and it's it's really it's a lot of storytelling and just ad, a kind of advice, but it's really from more people sharing their particular journey. So you get a real sense of how long things take and all the different ways that you could be successful. And then we have another one that's a little bit more nuts and bolts called starting a private practice. And it's like a step-by-step. Here's the here's the first step. Here's some frequently asked questions. And then we do a coaching session with somebody on that step. And we kind of take you through each of them. And you can find it all at ZinniMe.com. We also have free trainings and all kinds of Cool stuff. You have a ton
0: of free trainings. You have got a shed load (laughs) of free trainings. So I will put all of the details in the show notes. So, guys, go and have a check out of that and have a look what's there. Miranda, thank you so much. It's absolutely been a delight having you here. And I know that my listeners are going to absolutely love what you've said. So I'm going to thank you on their behalf and thank you on my behalf. And it's just been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Same, same. Thank you. Thank you. See didn't I tell you that she was amazing I just really enjoyed that talk so much it was so interesting and I do hope that you enjoyed it too and remember to share this episode with your therapy friends because it might just help them too if they're feeling a bit worried and feeling guilty around issues to do with the cost of living crisis now as i said miranda's got loads of resources that that will help you so go and check out the show notes to this episode And I've shared links to like loads and loads of different things, including her book. And I suppose the thing is that, yes, there is a cost of living crisis and your compassionate nature might make it that you want to bend over to help everybody. But that can lead you to giving more than is good for you. And there can sometimes be a heavy cost to that. So take a step back, examine your practice with your business head on and make sure that you look after you because you are invaluable. Have a fabulous rest of the day and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Bye bye. Thank you so much for joining me this week and if you're ready to take action to grow your practice, check out growyourprivatepractice.co.uk. Bye for now.